Do you want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? Well, I deeply understand that, and that's why I want to find a source that we both could trust, you and me, and I found this podcast. So let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter, healthier choices every single week. And don't just take my word for it. (laughs) Avid podcast fan Joanne's Apple Review says this. Joanne's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is always informative and always understandable. And that she's definitely a healthier person listening to this and following Zoe's advice, which I love. We love sources that you can trust. And if you're ready to join millions of others like Joanne, transforming their health and like me, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to your podcast. I promise you will not regret it. It is an awesome show and I've learned so much from it. Go check it out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I love this idea of skinny dipping, and I'm sure everybody listening is at a different stage in their own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, going back to nuances, there's levels to vulnerability. It's not I'm vulnerable versus I'm not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And a thought that has served me super, super, super well is always keep two vulnerable stories in your pocket mm-hmm. that you can share with a complete stranger. <laughs> Denying ourselves of nuance in life keeps us from tapping into the true magic that exists inherently. To deny ourselves of honesty is to hold us back from our greatest truth and authenticity. And when we lean into what we maybe quote unquote should do and quote unquote should believe, we miss out on the opportunity to question imposed ideologies and determine our own version of what feels like truth for us. But... When we question and explore nuance, we find ourselves getting to choose a new reality where authenticity and therefore fulfillment through the authenticity is riding in the forefront and in the front seat of our lives. And today's guest is unbelievably honest and kind and sees nuance in such a way like as an author I just finished his book and the nuance within this book was just something so refreshing that I feel like I hadn't seen in a minute and trust me like I read a lot of books and the honesty like just like the blunt honesty honestly caught me off guard and made me truly begin to question these ideologies about love that we take as truths in our life and aside from all the accolades of being an incredible and a very known author and creative entrepreneur and spoken word poet that challenges conventional ideas within society. We can go over the accolades, of course, but it's really about who this person is, and that's why I wanted to have him on. This guest truly is so real, so real. Like, oh my gosh, like very, very honest. And I just refinished his book, How to Be Love or Loved, and the way that he conveys nuance deeply inspires me. And I cannot wait to dive into his brilliant mind today. Skinny Dipping fam, welcome Humble the Poet. Come to the mic, Humble. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on today because, first of all, my mom and my best friend, since we were 12 years old, both love you (laughs) and love your book and love your words. It is just like such a fun full circle moment for me to have people on that I'm genuinely inspired by. And I'm just so grateful that you made the time in your very busy schedule. So I just want to dive right into it. I'm all about like stripping down and diving in is like skinny dipping, right? Like, mm, just, like yeah, right. OK, yeah. cool. That's like the concept behind skinny dipping and why? Because the skinny dippers love to get vulnerable, get raw, get quote unquote naked, but mm. like in our hearts and souls. I reached out to you before and I always like to do this with my guests. I like to see, okay, what's like on your heart right now? What downloads have been coming through that are inspiring you? 
and you kind of mentioned that you've been contemplating the idea of the shoulds. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit more? Because that was just a text, but I want to really see like what's going on with that. Yeah, I think all of us are, you know, we're bound to these ideas of what we should be doing. And mm -hmm. then I think as we progress through life and we kind of free ourselves from different types of shoulds, whether it's like, oh, you should be working a job by this age, you should be married by this age, you mm -hmm. should have a kid by this age. And, you know, you might take yourself off these different templates, but then there's always another template waiting. And it's mm -hmm. like once you start to kind of liberate yourself from external templates and shoulds, mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of internal ones. Yes, or yes. even like when you begin to, you know, go through your mental health journey or your spiritual journey and you begin to disconnect from the shoulds that maybe you grew up with, yeah. then you have like the shoulds of the new communities that you're joining, right? Exactly. You should be getting up and meditating every single morning. You yeah. should be taking your cold plunge like yeah. for your nervous system, which obviously is scientifically proven to help you. That's mm. not the point, but it's like when it turns into uh, I have to and I should do this rather than I get yeah. to, I feel like that's when we ourselves because everyone's recruiting everybody wants mm. you to join their team so yeah like, if i'm doing an ice bath every morning i want you to do an ice bath so we can do that and i'm guilty of that too probably more so with my favorite tv shows and movies i just want more people to watch them so okay. we can talk about them <laughs> i love that though <laughs> so i think for me now especially just where i'm at in my life and my career you know there's endless options and you know this one will make you more money or this one will strengthen your brand this one will do whatever and then i think it's really a question of like well are any of these shoes fitting my foot mm. versus i'm not arguing that won't make me more money i'm not arguing mm. that won't give me more followers but is having more followers is that the shoe that's going to fit my foot and make me feel good because what i realize is any game you play the prize is to keep playing mm. yeah so it's experience it's, yeah it's experience so if i'm going to play the engagement game then mm. the reward is to keep having to play the engagement game. Mm. You don't like play it once, win, go viral, and never have to do it again. You have to of keep course. doing it forever. Like you have a podcast. Mm -hmm. The reward for having a podcast is to keep making the podcast. Yes, the consistency, the, the consist journey. Yeah, and, and so sh you should enjoy it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Enjoying the process of things rather than the result, and that's kind of what I hear you saying. It's yeah. like, are you doing things and choosing? Because we make so many choices throughout yeah. the day. Like, I think it's just like a crazy fucking number, it's right? Exhausting, yeah. Oh my gosh, the choices that we have to make. But are you making these choices because that's what genuinely feels good to you? Or are you doing it for the end result? So how yeah. do we like tap into what feels good for us? I'm all about the actionable steps because yeah. I feel like we can talk about things in theory all day. And I love theory and I yeah. love mindsets. Like it's so juicy. It's so good. But when it comes to actually applying it and taking actionable steps and making it applicable for our lives, how do we begin to really feel into what feels right for us versus all these shoulds, all these self expectations? Yeah, I think the big one is having those conversations with yourself. And I think, you know, we are in a society that's not really encouraging us to ever spend time with ourselves. So it's like people's alone time is generally in front of their phones. Mm -hmm, and they're exactly. Just through. So, but they're not sitting there having uncomfortable experiences within themselves. They always have an option to avoid those uncomfortable feelings. So like whether it's just sitting quietly on a couch and having an internal conversation, journaling, praying, mm -hmm. whatever starts a dialogue and it's just you and no one else is in the room. So it's not done performatively. I think mm -hmm. as you get things out of your head, it starts to lighten the weight of the pressure you feel from a lot of these things, but also yeah. things start to reveal themselves. Yes. And it's just going through this journey and this process. And I think that's a really big one because you have to ask yourself, like, what's for me? And again, I'm speaking specifically where I'm at when it comes to these options. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone has to pay their bills and they're trying to go, of course, yeah, do what you got to do. Exist in this like yeah. three-dimensional world. Like <laughs> exactly. So for me, it's now I'm in that s situation where I have options, mm. and even options within well, what I want to do with my creativity, what I want to do with my career, what I want to do with my social life, what do I want to live? All of these different things. And I'm just starting to realize that like people are always subtly trying to recruit me because that's just what we do. We're tribal creatures. Of course. We want yes. people to join our team. Your married friends want you to get in a relationship. Your single mm. friends want you to stay single. We don't want to do it alone. Yeah, honestly. And I know that alone, I feel yeah. that with my friends. I want them to be doing the same things I want to do. I want even my partner, my boyfriend, mm. I want him to want to do the same things that I want to yeah. do because I don't want to do it alone. And something that you said really caught my attention when you said to sit in the discomfort. Yeah. And I think that's exactly why we don't do it yeah. is because it's just fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. It just is to like yeah. sit with yourself 
it's almost like a muscle. Like as soon as you begin to strengthen it, it does get easier and easier. Have you found that? Or when you have to show up and look yourself in the face in a very honest, blunt way, is it uncomfortable? I think it's meant to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, the analogy I love to use is like the gym, where it's like an easy day at the gym wasn't a very effective day. Mm, You don't go to the gym looking for an easy day. Yeah. You actively want it to be uncomfortable. You want it to be difficult. You don't say to yourself, it gets easier the more I go. If anything, you want it to be more and more difficult. And yeah. I think it's the same thing with this kind of discomfort that we have on the inside. Because not only is it emotions we don't want to deal with, it's also like chemicals. Like yeah. we are so addicted to dopamine that we rob, if we say, okay, I'm not looking at my phone and I'm not looking at a screen and I'm not looking at anything. Then all of a sudden, you know, like little crackheads, we're like, oh my God, I'm having the shakes that I haven't had dopamine. And that's an uncomfortable situation, too. And yeah, so definitely I think it is like a muscle. So I don't know if it it gets easier. We definitely get stronger, Mm. which should encourage us to go even harder, dig even deeper, because it's just layers of what's underneath there in terms of this discomfort. And And a lot of that really has molded us into the people that we are. Yeah, no, I love that. And when you dig deeper, there must be something that feels good about that or else you wouldn't like come back to it even in the discomfort. I think you you start to feel lighter. Yeah, Yeah. I was wondering what it felt like. It feels like lightness. I think it's kind of like, again, going back to the gym, it's like if you're lifting some heavy weight, then later on your friend asks you to move this table, Mm. the table feels lighter. On the day-to-day, you are more equipped to deal with stuff because you're in the gym and you're voluntarily making yourself uncomfortable. We voluntarily make ourselves uncomfortable sitting by ourselves and learning to regulate our nervous systems, learning to deal with our emotions. Then outside, when you go into the world, you'll be triggered way less. You'll be yes. impacted much less because you're doing the training at your own time in your own home privately. That's like your internal weightlifting. Mm. So then you can carry the proverbial table outside or whatever else without injuring yourself. I love that. I love that so much. And I think when I think about the expectations and when I think about the shoulds, I want to kind of like dive into how that impacts love because <clears throat> you just wrote this amazing book that I listened to the audiobook, which guys, you have to listen to it. So we have these expectations and we have these shoulds within our own lives with ourselves and our own relationship with ourselves, And then we have it also in our partnerships. And I feel like I've been in a relationship for eight years and also I'm 24. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Sometimes it blows my mind. It feels like a million different relationships in one, though, because we've both changed so much that it feels like yeah. he's dating a new person, I'm dating a new person, he's dating a new person, I'm dating a new person. There's that idea. It's called to, to be with someone is to attend a thousand funerals. Mm, wow. Yeah. That hits because I genuinely feel like we've both had to grieve old versions of ourselves mm. and also consciously decide. Like We're constantly having conversations after this long about being like, okay, is this the right relationship for us? Is time apart something that we need? And we have separated at one point because we were doing long distance and long distance is just such a journey (laughs) and wasn't really for us. But it feels like you're grieving the loss of somebody Mm. and at the same time deeply falling in love with this new person Mm. and this new version of them. But that doesn't take away from, you know, expecting them to be maybe who they used to be or expecting them to maybe even be different. Mm. I mean, that's the one that comes up most for me. And you said something so good. You said set intentions, not expectations. That's yeah. the name of the I chapter. That, yeah. But you said that setting expectations is basically denying ourselves of the nuance and yeah. the complications yeah. and how there is beauty in that. Can you touch a little bit more on that for people who haven't read that chapter? Because I just felt like, who that hit hard. This podcast is sponsored by OneSkin, and the reason that I trust it is because it is backed by science. Currently, I'm in LA, and compared to the Hawaii weather, it is dry, it is cold, and immediately I feel like my lips start to dry, and I have the full set of the OneSkin products in travel sizes with me currently, and it's the only thing that I trust with my skin because the OS01 peptide is scientifically proven to reduce age and also sentient cells which is like the main source of skin aging and what this os01 peptide does is it just makes your skin look so healthy so hydrated so glowing and i literally feel it and it's literally my skin's new cold weather savior so for a limited time skinny dipping listeners can get 15 percent off one skin with our code all caps skinny dipping also gonna be linked below at oneskin.co. Everything's gonna be linked below. Go check it out for a limited time. Cause I know that I struggle to 
not avoid because I don't want to use the word avoid but I definitely tend to create expectations and shoulds for not only my partner but also my friends or my parents or my Mm. family members like Mm. there's a lot of expectations and there's a lot of shoulds and that honestly leads to just deep disappointment which I feel like that's one of the hardest emotions that I personally Mm -hmm. get deterred by yeah and I think so holistically you mean not even just in terms of relationships expectations you know that's the key ingredient in disappointment expectations is just the picture you painted in your head and then the disappointment comes when that picture doesn't match the picture in front of you in life Mm. so we have expectations of like well everyone should treat me fair everyone should treat me kind things Mm. should work a certain way these are expectations that we create and they're based off of nothing and then the real world which operates on very different rules especially with the way the universe governs itself doesn't care what our expectations are yeah the universe literally doesn't care what your expectations does not care yeah and then the wider the gap between that picture in your head and the picture in front of you Mm. the bigger the disappointment is and again none of us can live without expectations Mm. so it's more like the less expectations you can have not from a negative like don't expect nothing from nobody but just more like understanding what an expectation is and the less you set upon yourself upon others and upon life the less you'll feel disappointed Mm. and the more room you'll have for life to exist through you you know, life happens from me, then it goes to life happens to me, then it goes life happens for me, and then life happens through me. Through me, wow. So we can't skip a step. We all think that life happens from us, and then we slowly realize, no, no, this is happening to me. Mm. Then we slowly realize, no, 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 this is happening for me. Mm. And then when we abandon that one, it's this is happening through me. Mm. And what does it look like for life to happen through you? Well, I mean, it's exactly what life is. It's what everyone is experiencing. It's just the perception switch. Mm. So it's really divorcing yourself from the outcomes or divorcing yourself from the impact of it or divorcing yourself from having an opinion on mm. it. So you A know, judgment of it. A judgment of it. Mm. So there's okay. a great philosopher, and I'm just, uh, his name isn't on my mind right now, but he said something like, your opinion about what's happening in front of you should be equivalent to your opinion of Saturn's rings. Mm. you don't think about it you don't have an opinion you don't call it right or wrong it's not something that's happening you walk down the street you see lines painted on the street you're not thinking about those either Mm. because those were there before you those will be there after you those had nothing to do with you even the bird that poops on your head had nothing to do with you yeah and it kind of goes back to like the four agreements to not take things personally not take things personally yeah because they can't be taken personally because these were being set up for the last 14 billion years Mm. for that moment to happen yeah and it has nothing to do with you And if you weren't there, it probably still would have happened on some capacity. That's life happening through you. Mm. So you were existing and life is just happening Mm. and it's happening through us. And we're seeing that. So what I say is, you know, instead of trying to tell people that just don't have expectations, because a lot of people, when they get really negative, they start saying that I can't I can't expect nothing from anybody. Instead, just set intentions, pick Mm. a direction you want to head. And the easiest way to practice this is with yourself. So you'd be like, you know, well, I expect myself to eat healthy. Well, you can't eat healthy immediately. You can't just mm-hmm. change your life, you know, do a 180. Set an intention. Well, by the end of the year, I want to have a significantly healthier breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So mm-hmm. let's start with breakfast. Now let's take a smaller step. Let's start with one part of our breakfast. Mm-hmm. So maybe this week we're just going to replace the bacon with turkey bacon or whatever it is and, make, and head in the right direction, which is an intention. Mm, We're we're heading in a direction. And then if we stick with it after a year, we'll be in a much better place. And it's like when we tell people, don't do this, don't do that, like the mind genuinely doesn't hear. It only Mm. hears to do that thing. Nobody wants to be told what to do. And also nobody wants to be told what to do. And And you're not honoring who other people are by trying Mm. to mold them into something that they're not. Mm. And I feel like that was a big point in the book yeah. was to love people as they are love what's in front of you yes yeah. don't fall in love with potential unless it's your own mm, and i love yeah, that and that's a big one that we have to realize so even with partnerships set an intention and that should be everything everything from monogamy everything from how much time you're going to spend together it just can't be well here are my expectations that you're my partner this is what i expect from you and then half the yeah. time people are basing this off of culture and tradition they don't even express these expectations let alone the intentions mm, they're well, unspoken yeah we're all mind readers we're all mind readers right? and we expect people <laughs> to read our minds and then we have the what are we conversations eventually which are mm. way too late so like let's set the intentions be like hey i'm intentionally seeing you so eventually we can get into an exclusive monogamous relationship and mm. start paying taxes together and making babies and all that stuff and you, mm. you say this is the intention now, how long does it take to get there? I don't know. 
or we can talk about that as well. But I want to ensure I can measure this intention through progress mm. versus like, oh, you're mine. This is the new rule. You know, delete all the boys off your Instagram, whatever it is. And then we have all this and it creates so much friction. And it's not a conversation either. It's, it's saying, oh, this is what I want. And it's not about like two people when you bring it to the expectations because then people are both just stating what their expectations are or not stating what their expectations are in most cases. Mm. And then it's not a conversation. It's not a relationship. It's not a connection. And I think that's what so many of us are lacking. And through that lack of true connection, because we do have these expectations that are keeping us from truly connecting and truly figuring things out and talking things out together mm -hmm. through intention, through knowing what you want and taking direction with it. But I feel like because of that, there's like, honestly not to use the word pandemic but the pandemic of loneliness like i feel like so many of us feel very alone and i feel like that does stem from these expectations that are just destroying the rapport destroying mm. the connection destroying the trust because i know like just from personal experience yeah as soon as i tell my partner like what to do it completely breaks our entire rapport that we've created like mm. nobody wants that you mm. know and if you want to be told what to do, you have to tell the person to tell you what to do. You still have to express that. And I get that where leadership can be fluid in a relationship. And then sometimes people like you might be like, hey, look, I just spent the last eight weeks traveling and being a boss girl and doing all of this. When I get home, I just want to be told where we're going to eat, what we're going to do, what we're yeah. going to watch. For the next two weeks, can you just be in charge or yeah. whatever? And then, But even expressing that, you totally. know, and I think it's that level of communication I think is important and it's difficult. Shout outs to your audience because they've made this commitment just through skin dipping that they understand i will be naked with my thoughts and mm. my words at the risk of being judged at the risk of being rejected that's the fear and i understand mm -hmm. that's why we have these communication issues sometimes we want to tell people what we want to tell them but we're afraid that we may not get the reaction we're going to get but which in itself is an important revelation if you can't speak to somebody then that might not be the person that you should be with at this point. Wow. Wow. Honestly, so mm. many chills as you're saying that, especially for the skinny dipping listeners listening right now. I see that vulnerability, like that rawness, that honesty, like that is love for me. Mm -hmm. Like that is when I feel most connected to my partner or my friends. Like, And it's such an unspoken energy too. Like, you know, if you and your best friend are in a fight or in a disagreement, but maybe you guys haven't spoken it because nobody wants mm -hmm. to like stir the pot or bring it up or whatever, it doesn't matter if you say it or if you don't, mm -hmm. you feel it. Yeah. You feel the disconnection whether you say it or if you don't. So might as well say it because then hopefully you can repair that connection is truly your only chance at redesigning that connection because i think as people choose not to work things out we just create this like wedge this forced yeah. space between people and that even, fear even if it's overwhelming apart. even if that idea of like if i have an issue with you and i want to tell you something but i don't feel comfortable telling you then let's take a step back let me write you a letter that I might not even give you, mm -hmm. but let me get it out of me. Because the one thing that happens is when we don't communicate things, that takes us into one of the darkest places humans can be, which is resentment. Mm. You know, so now I'm just literally drinking poison, hoping it harms you. It's because I don't have the confidence to speak to you about it. And I'm not here to shame anybody for being afraid of having awkward conversations. Of course, we're all learning. We're, we're all, all learning. learning. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but at the very least, like I'll have a conversation with an imaginary version of you mm. to get it out of me at least. And no, that I might be that. the first step. And then maybe after writing you a whole letter, there might be three sentences. I'm like, okay, I can tell her that. Or I can, mm -hmm. it might be a little bit easier to, you know, get the nerve to just hand you the letter. Yeah, no, I love that. And then what will also happen is now instead of us being severed, this process will actually strengthen a connection. Mm. So it's, it's not even maintaining the friendship. It will strengthen it. It will. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. The friends that I have had disagreements with or maybe small falling outs with or even my partner, it's like whenever we work through things, it brings us closer together than yeah. ever. Repair The repair before. is stronger than before. Just yeah. like the muscle. Back yeah. to the muscle yeah. as you tear it. We and tear the muscle. Yeah, it comes it back bigger. Back. Yeah. yeah, no, I literally love that. And, you know, as people are diving into expressing love, how do we do that in a way that is kind? Because I feel like sometimes we get caught up in our emotions, right? And we end up saying things that maybe we don't genuinely mean. Do you see that like theme in humanity? Like I just know so many people will be like, oh, I just like said this thing or I overreacted. And we have that kind of version of a person. And then we have also the people that don't say anything at all that just shut down and go into silent mode and ignore and stonewall. Mm. And it's like, what are the actionable steps towards creating communication that is kind and that is respectful. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
I feel like during the holiday season, we're very focused on giving to everyone, which is such a beautiful thing. But I want you to ask yourself, how can I give to myself? And for me, the biggest thing that I give to myself weekly where I spend my money is in therapy. I swear to God, it has absolutely changed my life. I feel like I'm a different person because of therapy. And I just feel like we all need to be on it, especially during the holidays, because it can be just like a tough time full of loss, grief, comparison, judgment. And it can also be a time full of joy, light, beauty, celebration. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at literally any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash skinny dipping today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash skinny dipping, and it's going to be linked below. Let's get back to the episode and acting in a way as if you want to repair it instead of just saying how you feel to just say it. Yeah, I think a big thing right now, too, is we were talking about the pandemic of loneliness. There's also an epidemic of anxiety. We live in a world that is designed to keep us anxious. Mm -hmm. Our nervous systems are very confused. Completely. We're like, I was not meant for this. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're not. We're definitely not meant for this. It's great for the economy, but it's not good and for any of the people. And capitalism and consumerism. But yeah, and that's what it's designed for. We've always been village creatures, and the needs of the village have always been more important than us. Mm -hmm. But when we were in small villages, the needs of the village was, would benefit us. Now the needs of the village is just this big monster of an economy. And I think it's just something to feel important about because your anxiety isn't an individual flaw on your part. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the same as being underwater and can't breathe. We live in a hyper-anxious space. And the importance of this is anxiety sends you the signal that things must be addressed immediately. So mm. if you say something to me and it triggers me, I feel the need that I got to deal with it right then and there. And then now I'm going through my tool belt of limited tools, often which are my coping mechanisms from childhood. Either I shut down because that's what I'm used to and that's my defense mechanism, or I lash out, which is, again, a coping mechanism, my defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced both or do you lean towards one side or the other? It's been really interesting. I just got exposed to this idea of like who you are but now measure it as who are you when you were healthy? Who are you when you're average? Who are you when you're unhealthy? Mm. You're the same person, but now the options can be very different. You know, when I'm unhealthy, I can be moody. I can be narcissistic. I can be in my own world. I can feel disconnected from everybody. But when I'm at my healthiest, I can feel super empathetic. Okay. But I can feel super useful to other people to make sense of their own feelings. And it's like all the same person. It just depends where you are, depending on how much you've eaten, how much you've slept, how much caffeine you've consumed, how much all of that stuff. So I think for me, that's been a really interesting journey. And even today, like I had two very negative experiences with mm. two random strangers on the street. And again, it was those situations where it's like, okay, where I grew up, you always have to like stand up for yourself. Okay. But now it's like, okay, this one man is yelling at me because my puppy was in his space. Not the puppy. Not the puppy. <laughs> but what I realized was like he was yelling, but I didn't yell back. It became very clear very quickly that something negative had happened to him from a dog. Yeah. Had nothing to do yeah, with had me. Had nothing to do with you or your pups. Or my pups. It's dogs in general. And he and my puppy is very small. She's like less than 20 pounds. She looks like a, a living stuffed animal. Mm -hmm. she, like it's not her, right? Yeah. And I can see that something bad has already happened to him. He's trying to protect himself from something bad happening again. Mm. In that situation, it was like, okay, well, I don't need to prove myself that, oh, because he's yelling at me that I'm a tough guy mm. by yelling at him back. But I'm also not afraid, so I'll just continually lower my voice. So as he gets louder, I'll get softer. You know what I mean? Mm. So, but then I can see he got so frustrated, he walked away. But I was like, okay, well, everything that happened was his story, not mine. Mm. There's yeah. not much I can do here. Maybe I'll come across him again and we'll figure something out. Maybe I won't. Who knows? But that's me, you know, with a full belly of food in a yes. good place. <laughs> I had my morning coffee. And I was already in a good place. Maybe if I was in a bad place. If you were hangry. Yeah. I know I get hangry. Everyone in my life knows. I get so hangry. We, as we all do. And again, <laughs> like that's part of our primal biology. We had mm. to get mad enough to smash the skull and eat it, right? Like we had to get hangry. We needed to. Mm. We're not in a world where that hanger helps anymore. Mm. So I think it's the same way in these situations where it's like it always starts with us and where we're at and i think now and you know a few versions of me before if i wasn't in a good place and then someone had done someone that triggered something i would just make it worse mm -hmm. now it's like hey like yo i need some time give me 10 minutes let me figure this out but also you know learning breath work you know yeah. i think it's been the secret where it's like you don't need any special breath work I, what i love about breath work is just start breathing intentionally mm -hmm. and no one will notice i generally just breathe in through my nose and hold my breath as long as i could 
mm-hmm. and then slowly let it out yeah you'll see because your fight or flight all of that that's the nervous system yeah you just want to create space create some so space. that you can respond rather yeah. than react exactly and, and yeah. it's a lot of that just requires time mm-hmm. and the anxiety makes us think we don't have time we got to get it out now we got to yeah. say our fight we got to do this and maybe we grew up in environments where we didn't have the time or the space or we had a small window of opportunity to express ourselves mm-hmm. and if we missed it we missed it but as adults wow. we have more time to be like hey i gotta go let's talk about this a little bit later what we have to realize is every time we open our mouth we're telling our story Mm. you know and i think that's the important thing where we have to focus but on. but what here. are people hearing are they truly hearing our story or are they also hearing their story what i learned as an author for example is you only own 50 percent of your book because the moment it goes out into the world it's meeting people where they're at mm. and i've seen that i've seen where people have sent me messages about interpreting this book in ways that i would have never imagined yeah positive and negative okay. and it's like okay well that's your story that's not mine obviously you know and now it's been a little while since i finished this book and it's floating out into the world. So the longer it exists, the less of this book becomes mine. Mm. You know, and I think it's the same thing in these conversations is you meet somebody, they can only meet you with wherever they're at and you mm. can only meet them with wherever you're at. Yeah. And that is both the frustration and the beauty of life. This yeah. diverse set of viewpoints and opinions and internal dialogues that people get. Um, there was an activity I did with a friend recently where there was just a list of identities, like your political views, your sexual orientation, mm-hmm. your gender, your race. And the person running the workshops has circled the three that are your biggest identities. Oh. Now go to the person beside you and look at what they circled. Did they circle the same things as you? And me and this gentleman, he had circled sexual orientation because he's part of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think about my sexual orientation mm-hmm. as a, a heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. That's not something on a regular basis, so I didn't circle that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, look, different so people see themselves as different things and they care about different things. And that's the lens they're going to view the world through. Mm-hmm. She goes, this is what true diversity is. It's not just about ethnicity, about this, it's about that. Some people view themselves heavily based off their political beliefs. Other people mm-hmm. base themselves heavily on the fact that, like, you know, they're self-employed or a certain spiritual outlook mm-hmm. yeah and then other people don't even think about these it's, it's not even like yeah. part of their vocabulary yeah like as a male on a daily basis i don't think about my personal safety but i do understand a female does mm. you know yeah. so that is two different people looking at life very differently even though they're in the, the same space yeah and everything that is filtering through is from that lens it's from that window yeah. and from that perspective of that person and that's why when we're in relationships with people i feel like that's also a very important conversation to have is like what is valuable to you and like what identities what parts of yourself are at the forefront because I didn't even think about that but what I identify as and like my partner my friends like it is going to be so different what we place value upon and I think we assume and that's just like the operative word there is assume because it's that desire of the assumption that really just kicks us in the ass but I assume that they value the same things as me and that's pretty much not to use the word never but almost never like yeah. accurate we all value different things so here's a good thing that you can say yeah give us the words to say i love that the antidote to everything is curiosity right because yes. so curiosity is the opposite of judgment mm-hmm. judgment is you make an evaluation i'll give a light example it rains outside oh it's, it's a bad day today you judged the rain and you decided it's bad you had a black and white outlook either the weather can be nice or it can be bad now if you're curious you would say well how can i make this a good day mm. and you what know? about the rain is beautiful what about the rain is beautiful also understanding its importance but also like oh well when you're curious that's when you start creating that gray in between the black mm. and the white so now when you apply that to people instead of make an assumption is a judgment right we're yes. saying I know what this is and now I'm going to evaluate it. This is right. This is wrong. I don't like what you said. I like what you said. I don't like who you're being. I like who you're being. When you're curious, and the only way to practice curiosity is asking questions. Yes. Like pay attention to how often you speak to anybody. Are you asking them questions or are you making statements? I was an elementary school teacher. It was interrogative sentence and then a period, <laughs> questions and then a question mark. So like, are your sentences ending in a period or a question mark? A really good one for interpersonal relationships, especially romantic relationships, is just simply saying to the other person, what's the story that's going through your head right now? Mm. Or what does that mean to you? I was once cuddling with a female and I had one hand on her thigh and we're watching TV and I liked squeezing her thigh. Okay. What I didn't realize was she was associating when I squeezed her thigh with what's happening on the TV. Mm. Like imagine something, the TV came on and someone said like, you're a bitch. And I went, 
that at that exact that makes, moment. Yeah, that makes you think yes. I'm calling you a bitch. Uh-huh, yes. I and didn't you're real- like, that's not the intention. I had no idea. You're just thinking that she's a cutie. Because I was doing it for a while, and then she just hit me. And I was like, what? She's like, that's what you think I am? And I was like, what? She goes, <laughs> I forgot what happened on the TV show, but something, someone got insulted. And then mm. that time was the squeezing. But that was the story she was telling in her head, mm. which is a completely fair story. Yeah, and curiosity would have completely removed the misunderstanding. Exactly. Right? We have to want to be curious, yeah. right? Yeah. We need to have like the desire to be curious. Exactly. I always tell my friends and my partner and even like my parents now as I've like gone into my self-development journey and I'm learning about myself, I literally say questions are my love language. Like, curiosity is my love language. Like, especially, like, I'm a podcast host. Like, my friends know when we show up and when we're hanging out, like, I'm going to give them the mic and we're going to be diving into, like, whatever shit is going on in their life. And I'm going to be asking them questions. And I feel like, for me, curiosity and questions feel like love because I know that that person wants to know me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to be understood is one of the greatest feelings that somebody can experience that I personally speaking for myself that I can experience I feel like a lot of people who have grown up feeling misunderstood by their family or by their school system Mm -hmm. or by society in general I feel like to feel understood is my greatest love language personally because I'm like damn you want to know me I think it's the only love language I I agree oh my god everything is about feeling seen and understood Mm -hmm. so when somebody says like oh I don't care about gifts it's like no because someone hasn't given you a gift that made you feel seen and made you feel understood and made you feel like they were listening and paying attention to you and thinking about you exactly and that may not be a a Prada bag but it may be a picture of your grandma in a locket that costs five bucks exactly. but it makes you feel seen everything about that is really making somebody feel seen and understood and again that idea of seen and understood is why we all love attention so much and why social media is so popular mm. because it gives us this kind of fast food version of feeling seen and understood because yeah. we can count our likes read the comments and all of that get the dms yeah. people are like i relate to you i relate to you yeah. and it's like wow that feels so good and that's actually a question i wrote down that i wanted to touch on is like the difference between love versus attention versus praise versus validation that was the other one like when we are catching ourselves being addicted to that cheap dopamine to that walmart version of love (laughs) that honestly the fast food version yeah the fast food version of love where do we break the pattern like if it's a circle and we're like keep going around like where in place do we get to break that pattern so we get to actually move into a space where we can have real love because i feel like as we focus our attention more and more on these i don't know i really feel like it is like the dopamine is a big thing and the oxytocin like the cuddle drug feeling that trust hormone feeling understood by people like that also is addicting that oxytocin and that's why people like get addicted to sex and things like that and getting validation and attention and success from the outside in that way externally how do we break that pattern because i feel like it keeps us from experiencing real love because it's taking up our attention i don't know if it it keeps us from experiencing real love i think what we have to do is stop romanticizing the power of love sometimes i look at love as like broccoli love is broccoli and then Mm. all this other stuff is french fries Mm. broccoli is better for you it's nutritious half an hour after eating it you're gonna feel great Mm -hmm. but french fries are way more delicious and nobody is weak for choosing a french fry over broccoli and hopefully all of us have a form of real love in our life whether it's with a parent whether it's with our niece and nephew or child Mm -hmm. an activity uh, a spiritual belief there's love there but we're still playing this game of chasing validation attention and all of this stuff like we all do a little bit of healthy eating but we still can dive into this junk food all the time and Mm -hmm. i think the first step is just having that grace and realizing that there isn't somebody out there including myself Who's like, no, I hate French fries. I love broccoli. I figured out a way to train my mind to love broccoli. No, nobody who eats broccoli over French fries loves it. (laughs) They just know it's important Mm. and they make that choice. And I think in our lives, we have authentic love and we got to realize that it's not that some magical love is going to come and make all of our needs for validation go away. Mm -hmm. It's just really recognizing that all of that is quick, easy, convenient and cheap. And then you feel like crap after not having it for a bit or half an hour after having it. So it's really about creating a level of discipline around making healthier choices. Mm, Discipline. Say more about that. It's our choices. Yeah. So it's like healthy eating doesn't start in the kitchen. It starts at the grocery store. Mm. You don't want to fight the urge to eat junk food every day so you don't keep it in your house. Yeah. I don't have social media on my phone. Mm. I have a separate phone 
that stays at home. Mm. So if I'm gone for two days or something, then I'm not accessible via social media. Again, but once I'm at home, I get stuck in the rabbit hole like anybody else, and I do all the same dumb shit. I mean, shit it's meant to be addicting, do. so that's why we have to give ourselves Very a smart people created that, and they were yeah. paid by very rich people to do it. Like, as an individual, we're not going to ever beat that. So it's really about just having that level of self-awareness. Like, my puppy loves whipped cream from Starbucks, little yeah, pup the cups. the puppuccinos. The puppuccinos. <laughs> She's never going to stop. You know, yeah. she's a little animal. She'll have those forever. I have mm-hmm. to regulate that. We as adults have to be our own parent. We have to regulate the stuff for us. Mm-hmm. And none of us are weak for preferring to be on our phones over reading mm-hmm. a book. But reading a book will be better for us. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really about just recognizing, A, this stuff will be here forever. This stuff is undefeated. This stuff is created by brilliant minds. Mm-hmm. And they are funded by super rich people. And this will happen forever. But at the same time, any progress you make in the other direction is better. Mm, like even like my phone right now is you know black and white like i try to do as Mm, much as i can to reduce my dose and again none of this means i am living this zen life of course not that's why i love you and love your book because i just feel like you're so real you're like i'm not a guru (laughs) no i'm definitely (laughs) not yeah and i never will be in that capacity i'm just trying to do a better job Mm. again and we live in a world where like you know your whole foods or your air one groceries are healthier but they're 10 times more expensive than Mm. eating mcdonald's every day Mm. the world is set up for you to make the poor choice that's just how this place is designed this place is designed for you to stare at your screen this place is designed for you to work such long hours that you want to come home and just watch the bachelor and turn off your brain like this world is designed for that there's nothing wrong with us for participating in this world we're not weak for it Mm-hmm. But none of this is helping us. Yeah, exactly. And it's so important to give ourselves grace. And an actionable tip that I really love is instead of thinking about taking things away, like taking away, you know, just getting caught up on my phone and in social media particularly, I think about delaying because mm-hmm. I want to trick my brain and trick myself into thinking, oh, you can have it like a little kid. You can have it. But just we're going to do this real quick. Mm. We're going to just do this yeah. real quick. And then you can have it like yeah. almost like I'm yeah. working with myself as if I were a little kid. And I always talk about it's really powerful mm. to instead thinking of taking things away because as you take things away, you want it even more. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. you crave it. So instead, you're not taking anything away. You're adding healthier things to it. It's almost like, you know, a way that going back to the broccoli example is actually really funny because I use broccoli in this example as well. But, you know, you have a plate of food like instead of like figuring out like, oh, I'm just going to change my entire lifestyle and the way that I eat. Just add Add another green to the meal that you already eat. Add Mm. more healthier things to it and delay and remind yourself that you can have that. Just maybe meditate first or Mm. I mean, do your breath work first. Maybe just Mm. spend some time like staring at the window first, even if it's for like two minutes and delaying it. I feel like that's an actionable thing that I end up not even wanting to go on my phone as soon as I'm like delaying it. It really makes a difference. It's that instant gratification culture that we're a part of and Mm. especially with how we can order food. Naval Ravikant said it beautifully. He's like, everyone has vices. He goes, but the more convenient the vice becomes, the more it turns into a weapon against you Mm. and everything is becoming much more and more convenient. And the problem with us living in such convenience is it's killing our resilience. Mm. Like it's making us soft as fuck. And we can start seeing this in culture (laughs) because now the goalposts and the definition of things that harm us continue to change. Mm. You know, and then that in itself is a thing where it's like, oh, well, it used to be real physical dangers. Now it's levels of aggressions that are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And the thing with that is it's less about whether these aggressions are are valid or not. And it's more about how much is this impeding us on our day to day basis in terms of us trying to accomplish stuff. So we have to be really mindful of that. And then also when real life challenges happen, for example, you know, the world shutting down for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. how much did that impact us? Because we weren't in a, a position of resilience. Mm. You know, we were so dependent on living a certain life of autopilot and then certain things changed and we weren't prepared for it. Mm, And I think that's a really important thing to to be mindful of, which is like pay attention to your patterns, but also realize that like by default in life, things are generally going to always get harder, more expensive and more difficult Mm. to achieve. So we need to constantly be training ourselves accordingly. Totally. And that's a concept that I've been definitely leaning into my friend Cameron Ross. And he like really opened my mind to this concept. He was like, things that don't feel good are gonna happen. And I feel like there's this idea, especially in obviously like affirmations and reprogramming in your mind, that's very beautiful. But I feel like if we just expect that the expectation, that assumption that like these difficult and challenging times aren't going to come, then when they come, we're like, so caught off guard and we don't have that resilience like you were saying i mean it's not like we need to have this negative connotation of the world or you know think that bad things are just going to happen to us that's not it either it's about finding that balance of understanding that 
being human involves challenges and that's honestly not even right or wrong or good or bad it just like is and just as there is so much beauty and so much love to experience it just is and when we come at it from that point of view of okay like things are going to happen and when they happen how am I going to respond and question for you is like when we are making those choices right making those conscious choices and we want to you know go for the instant gratification or the validation or you know having that cheap version of it could you explain like what you actually like do or think like is there something that you do to separate yourself from it so that you can come back to it or what do you actually do to make that conscious choice or is it just practice because I feel like that's where people get caught they're like listening right now they're like I understand what you're saying but how do I put it into action because they're not even living consciously does that make sense yeah no going back to the original conversation about templates and the shoulds like when you stick to a template you can almost sleepwalk through life you Mm -hmm. just stay on the beaten track and you can close your eyes and it's so beaten you'll just stay on that track I think for me especially since being out here like I, I lived in LA for two years before this and the big difference I noticed is like you know in New York you know my healthy friends will weigh their food in, in LA my healthy friends carry crystals like it's a very <laughs> different approach to okay. what they think is health <laughs> but in a friend here he's like you know you can master what you measure actually paying attention to how much time you spend on a phone like actually using these metrics and actually measuring mm-hmm. it and seeing how much time you're spending eating or it's creating a level of awareness I think which is really important so it's, for me there's that it's understanding that it takes you know two to three months to create a new habit mm-hmm. and also having grace where my goal is progress not perfection I can't be free of any of this stuff so for example you know I've only become you know successful based off of exposure on social media so i have a strong social media following but if you go on my social media it's all clips of these conversations mm. you're not going to see where i'm eating you're not going to see where i'm at you don't know where i live you that's don't where see you're putting your energy to yeah i pretty much yeah. don't participate in social media i have an assistant mm. we all these podcasts come we cut them up in a million pieces and we just keep sharing them yeah. you know so like that's as far as I'll play the game, you mm. know, I'm not going to participate in anything on a daily basis. I'm not posting anything or doing anything. Maybe once in a while on my stories. And also creating more than you consume. Like that's also creating really good more. Yeah, about it too. most definitely. And I think for me, some days are better than others. And mm. I think that's OK. But the more I do it, the more I feel it. But then also making lifestyle adjustments. And I think this is a really important thing, especially going back to love. Choosing self-respect over self-esteem, mm. the secret to that is doing hard things. Not even just making difficult choices, doing things that are actually hard, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and uncomfortable. And, and uncomfortable and focusing on like keywords like grit, being like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to put this book down. All right, let's just two more minutes. Let's see what happens. And that two minutes turns mm-hmm. into 30 minutes. And so for me, a really big one has been I've gotten into jujitsu. And the beautiful thing about jujitsu is it's really hard. It's really fun. But it's also had a really big impact on my self-awareness because now I can feel my performance based off what I eat. Mm. I can feel my performance based off whether I partied or not. Mm. I can feel that. And it's been a really interesting thing to reconcile because people will invite me out to beautiful events, but I'm like, oh, that's going to involve drinking. Mm. And it's a Monday night and I got a class Tuesday morning and Mm. I already know what's going to happen. So I don't want to feel like crap in class. That to me is more important. For me, selfishly, is more important. Because you're doing the hard thing. I'm doing the hard thing, yeah. But I'm having fun when I'm there. Yes, It's a workout that it's constant cardio. It's an amazing workout. But during the entire journey of it, I'm having so much fun, I don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And also, it's fun, so you want to come back to it and you want to be able to show up as your best self because that is what's going to make it more fun. Like, I learned, like, pole dancing, which truly is such a deep athletic sport. I did not realize. all core, yeah. I'm a dancer. I did not understand how difficult this was. Like, I started this last year, and it'd be the same thing. Like, I'd be like. You should tip your strippers. Yeah, no, it's so hard. People do not understand, like, how you need to be so strong and how bad the bruising is also from holding the certain points. Anyway, like, I would be like, oh, well, you know, I have pole class at the end of the night and I have this and this is important to me. It's fun, but it's challenging and it challenges me. And I'm not just on autopilot, which I really loved because it took me out of my routine. It took me out of that autopilot. And I was like, 
well, I'm not going to smoke before because I feel like that's like I smoke more than I drink. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to smoke weed before because then I'm not going to be able to show up. And then throughout my day, you know, the, having that challenging thing yeah. keeps me aware and conscious and making that choice throughout the day. Yeah. Oh, like I'm not going to do that because I want to show up and nurture myself and feel the best that I can. So yeah. I love that you said that. And it has nothing yeah. to do with your relationship with weed. It's, you just understand when there's a good time, when there's not a good time. Exactly. And it's, it's that exact same idea. And I think especially as adults, I realize this too is like, most of the skills that we currently have are skills that were kind of force fed to us as kids. Mm. Like how many of us would have learned to read unless we were put into school and spent yeah. all day, every day for 10 years, slowly learning how to read, mm. starting from the sounds of the alphabet all the way up to bigger words. And as adults, there's no one there to force feed us anything, you mm. know, like you're paying for pole class. You got to go. Yes, exactly. You know, there might be some level of accountability with friends if you create it. But at the end mm. of the day, you're starting from zero and then, you know, 10 years from now, you'll be you'll be an expert, but you didn't skip any steps on that journey. Mm -hmm. And we don't like that, especially because we love the gratification. Mm -hmm. And there's actually studies that have shown that people find gratification watching other people do work. People will watch wow. someone bake a cake and feel the satisfaction that they baked it. Wow. You know, so that's why you see all these DIY YouTube. Like, there's actually a psychological side to this. And it's like, but that doesn't build the self-respect. Self-respect mm -hmm. comes from doing hard things mm -hmm. despite them being hard. And I realize the more self-respect I have, the less self-esteem I chase. The less mm -hmm. I, I worry about likes, the less I worry about outside validation, not just in social media, but outside validation from women, mm -hmm. outside validation from people, worrying about what my book sold, worrying about all these other things. Because mm -hmm. it's like I'm doing hard stuff. I'm pushing myself to a limit. And you're proud of yourself. And I'm proud of myself mm -hmm. for doing it. And then also you get these moments where you're like, whoa, I remember when I couldn't do that thing. Yeah. And now I unlocked a version of myself mm. and that could be anything for anybody it could be surfing it could be pole dancing it could be jujitsu it could be chess it could be drawing it could be mm. anything things that require a level of deep work and focus and then that's where you build that flow state as well yes oh the challenge skills balance i just yeah. talked about this on a podcast how we want to do those challenging things that make us yeah. like stretch but not snap because that's when we get into flow state and like flow state is like literal ecstasy like it feels so good it's, to it's be in presence and it's peace and mm -hmm. and i think it's important because it helps us realize and this is the big thing i realized after getting my puppy the difference between pleasure and joy mm. and realizing that like oh like because i'm working and you know she'll give me the eyes and be like you know what are you doing throw the ball right like, yeah hang you know, out with me yeah life is about <laughs> well for her life is about the ball i gotta okay. throw the ball and she'll <laughs> get it and bring it back and we can do this for 10 hours and she's just happy with it but at the same time like just giving her a hug that level of joy is ridiculously how it fills me up and i'm sure there's a chemical side too as well i don't even want to over romanticize it but i'm like that's joy Mm. you know after a long night in the city and it's late if i get one of these city bikes and i get to ride on a big empty street mm. there's joy that comes from that mm. that's not the same as going to a party and doing a bunch of stuff or like hitting the new york times bestseller list or adding another zero to my net worth mm. there's no joy that comes from those and it started to help me start to understand i was like oh there's pleasure and then there's joy mm. pleasure is what we're generally chasing now to medicate our pain we're not even chasing pleasure to feel good we're chasing pleasure to feel less bad yeah and joy is that peace the joy and the peace comes when in my head i'm thinking i don't need anything else right now mm. i would love to freeze this moment yeah but i don't need anything and that's what we're actually chasing which is peace and that's what love is love is peace yeah. love isn't ecstasy love is peace love is nothing else matters mm, except this moment except this moment I don't require anything else. I don't want anything else. And there's that mm. peace. And that's why so often when people bring us peace and we're not used to it because we grew up in chaos, we think they're boring. Yeah. And that, you guys read the book Attached, which is a super important book. It says, because you probably met your soulmate and passed on them because they didn't give you the spark. Because mm. the spark is not peace. The spark is your fight or flight. You know, and when you feel a spark with somebody, that's actually a warning sign to run away because they're just going to remind yeah. you of previous trauma that you've had. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And like what you said about freezing the moment, it reminded me of this like really good quote by this great author. 
Love is simple, but not easy. Yeah. <laughs> really scary <laughs> author, right? <laughs> who said that? Uh, who said that? Crazy. But it, yeah, it's completely <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything can be simple and definitely not easy. Yeah. And from that standpoint, I've been thinking about that a lot, especially living in this city. Living in the city is like living in social media. A lot of stimulation. A lot There's of stimulation. A lot, a lot happening. No comment section, so it's a lot healthier. Yeah. But there's just endless things to see. And yeah. like maybe three times a week, I'll see something that I've never seen before. But I think it's just really important for, for everybody listening. Just pick something that you've never done before. Try it. If you don't like it, don't do it again. But keep trying things until you find that thing, whatever mm, it is. That challenges you in a way that yeah. feels like joy. It's play. Yeah. Like oh, play. I love play. It's I play. love yeah. it. And, and I think it's when you priority. play. priority. Yeah. <laughs> play is a priority. And then the other thing I think that's really important too is, and this is actually a war of art idea from Stephen Pressfield, which is based heavily on the Bhagavad Gita. But, um, you know, these aren't games you win. These are just games you play. Mm, I also love that book. Yeah. Brilliant book. And I think when I realized that, like, you don't win at love. You play at love. Mm. There's no winning. There is no definition of winning at love. So just play in love. Mm. Play in art. Wow. These things that you chase, just play in them. There's no winning. Like for jujitsu, I think for someone to hit a red belt, which is like even higher than black belt, I think the bare minimum is 67 years. Yeah. Play leads to mastery and that yeah. creates like such beautiful fulfillment. And let mastery be an intention, not a goal. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, like I just yeah. want to always it's get experience. better. Yeah. Just keep, and yeah. you enjoy it so much. Like, you know, like when you see kids playing outside, they're not playing to hit a level and then stop. They're just mm. going to keep playing because it's, it's fun. And I think when we start appreciating that, that's going to feed the self-respect. That's going to feed the joy. That's going to feed the peace. And that's going to keep us less interested in the dopamine, all that other stuff. It's not going to totally rid us of it. Again, mm. I'm still guilty of all that stuff all the time. But the more I play, the less I worry about that stuff. Wow. Well, Humble the Poet, where can everybody find you? Because I'm sure everybody is going to want to listen to you and read your book Give us a tea. Everything's going to also be linked below, of course. But where can they find you and more of your brilliance? And also, thank you. Like, genuinely, thank you. Thank you so much like, for having me. Honestly, I, I feel like we touched on so much. That's some of my favorite topics to talk about. I love that you talked about play at the end, too, because I just feel like that's one of my favorite things to talk about also. And you just touched on everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. Of course, and I appreciate you having me. Just find me at Humble the Poet, wherever you're looking. I'm, I'm sure stuff exists. As I said, I <laughs> I'm, sure I'm, not, I, yeah. I'm sure I exist out there somewhere. <laughs> I have a assistant who is much more well she's paid to dive into this world of social media and she puts myself up everywhere yeah but yeah so, we love her yeah. she does and all the work so we love that for us yes. <laughs> so guys make sure to check out the links below it's going to be super easy i'll make it super easy for oh, you yeah, and the to book's find available the book on amazon sorry yeah how to be book. loved is available <laughs> on amazon barnes and noble anywhere books are available around the world it's completely there and it's also on audible in my uh, asmr voice in the asmr voice yes. which i loved the audible but also my friend read the physical book and he absolutely loved it because the way that it's set up i feel like especially for adhd minds like it's very mm -hmm. like structured to always change like yes, the yeah. format of it and he was showing me and i was like oh this is so great for all the adhd yeah. girlies which a I lot was, of my girls are well again <laughs> one of the gifts i was given in my existence is i came from being an elementary school teacher so it was always okay a child's attention span is their age plus or minus five mm. so you're like when i'm dealing with an eight-year-old max i can do is 13 minutes minimum i gotta get is at least three minutes okay so i was always thinking about that mm. this is before even realizing That's that so social smart. media was gonna give us these shorter attention spans oh yeah <laughs> so yeah every chapter in this book is only two pages and you don't have to read the book in order and also oh, i've highlighted everything for you so just, you can open it up anywhere and you'll find something so love is saying no i also have these big pull quotes and i also highlight everything wow. um, accessibility i believe heavily in making it as easy as possible to meet people where they're at accessible actionable i love that what is your last final thought that you would love to leave the skinny dippers with today i know we talked about so much and thank you again i, I love this idea of skinny dipping and i'm sure everybody listening is at a different stage in their own vulnerability mm -hmm. and i think again going back to nuances there's levels to vulnerability it's not i'm vulnerable versus i'm not vulnerable mm -hmm. and a thought that has served me super 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 well is always keep two vulnerable stories in your pocket mm -hmm. that you can share with a complete stranger mm -hmm. and again there's light vulnerability and there's deep vulnerability so I have a vulnerable story about losing my first dog. Nothing that I couldn't tell somebody right on the street outside and feel judged. Start off every connection with the person. When you start off with vulnerability, 
you are 99% likely to receive vulnerability, which is the recipe for connections. And yeah. everyone, all the skinny dippers listening to this podcast, you know, you've already made a commitment that vulnerability is important to you. Just reminding you that vulnerability has levels. You don't have to show deep vulnerability with everybody, but you should be vulnerable with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I say light vulnerability with everybody you meet is important. So what I say is two vulnerable stories, light stories that are still you being vulnerable. One example is me talking about my first dog, having a beautiful life with him and having him pass away and how that impacted me. Again, that's a story I can tell a complete stranger. It starts our connection. Mm. And when you're vulnerable with somebody, most likely, if they're in a good place, they will be vulnerable with you. Mm. And I think that commitment starting off, being the first one to be vulnerable is important. Yeah. And even if you're dating, instead of asking people their favorite color and what they do for a living, start with some level of vulnerability. And I think that's really important. Wow, I love that. I feel like that also creates that self-respect and being like, I'm so proud of myself. Whenever I'm vulnerable, I just feel exactly. It's so hard. Proud of myself. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be seen, but yeah. we want to be seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember that. It's hard, but we want it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, humble. Thank you so much for having me. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up with them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. If you are like me, sometimes you can forget to feed yourself when you're super busy, and that's why I love Factor. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious and great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore and you can have as little or as much as you want every single week. And if this interests you at all, I'm going to give you guys 50% off only for skinny dipping listeners. So head to factormeals.com slash skinny50 and use code skinny50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. Win-win. That's code skinny50 at factormeals.com slash skinny50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Go check it out. It'll make your life so effortless and nutritious. As the weather is getting warmer, it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I've wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul and I don't want to spend a fortune. I'm constantly wearing the 100% washable silk slip dress and people ask me all the time where I got it from. I've also now got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking on trend year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Kintz cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Kintz only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which you know is so important to me when it comes to clothing brands. Get warm weather ready with Kints. Go to kints.com slash skinny dipping for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash skinny dipping to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Kints.com slash skinny dipping.